Welcome one and all to Kale in Frozen. There's like a weird halo because of my ring light. Question is, do we lower the ring light? Hang on, I wanna get I wanna get the best visibility possible tonight. Hi you guys, welcome to Kale and My Teeth. Tonight's episode is all about fashion and not just fashion, what to buy or you know what to wear when, but it's going a little deeper, figuring out what your style is and how to dress according to that. So I'm gonna bring on our guest and we will kick this off. problem welcome to kale and my teeth i'm so so happy to be here i'm, I'm so excited i'm so happy to have you on i'm just gonna lower all of our apparatuses for a little bit so we can see each other fully and beautifully welcome to kale and my teeth thank you so for any of your followers who are finding me here tonight my name is ruth Rabinowitz. i'm an interior design queen lifestyle and wellness influencer and a host of Kale and My Teeth, which is a weekly Instagram live to podcast show that I've been hosting for give or take four years, featuring empowering women like yourself, discussing their market niche under any of the umbrella topics like fashion, interior design, uh, lifestyle, and any ways that we can make ourselves 1% better every day. Awesome. So for any of my followers who are being introduced to you for the first time, please take it away with your intro. So I. Uh my name is Missy Epstein. I am a personal stylist based out of Brooklyn, New York. And my goal is really to help intentional women elevate their image and step into their most confident selves through refining their personal style. Mm, I love that. What do you think one of the biggest roadblocks that your clients and women in general have um, to assessing and refining their personal style? What do you think holds them back? I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how they should look and where they need to be in order to hire a personal stylist or work on their style or you know feel their best selves and it's usually 90% of the time related to body image you know losing those last 10 pounds or um, I work with a lot of postpartum women who you know are just waiting to kind of like get back to their old selves or the body they had 10 years ago or whatever it is and it's most of the times I find that it's really about um, their body image or it's just about feeling confused and lost and just not knowing where to start because there's just an excess of, you know, trends. And especially on social media, you're con just constantly bombarded with so many different things that there's just a lot of confusion about what works for you and what will look good on you um, and really where to start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that one skill that you have, which I really value, is your ability to kind of like almost create algorithms out of styles and outfits and things like that. And I personally experienced because one of my most frequently asked questions is like, you know, take us through your thought process, putting an outfit together, or um, how did you come up with this look, which is, by the way, when I started the series, Why This Room Works, which essentially breaks down um, certain interior design rooms and how the concept was created, 
it's funny because when I was breaking down my own personal home, only through creating the real or the TikTok was I able to get into my own brain, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I was like, okay, we're, I need to come up with three points why this room works. So let me work backwards and see a room that works and then like, you know, kind of take it apart. So I think that there's so much value in people being able to like watch that kind of content and figure it out. Would you say that there are some like fundamental um, fundamentals to putting an outfit together? Um, fundamentals. Well, like you said, let's say with your interior design, only once you actually sat down to kind of like conceptualize it and be able to articulate it, things start like, clicking and making sense and you're like oh that's why I did that um and that really resonated because for so long I mean I feel it in my bones I can't really I couldn't really articulate it I couldn't tell you why I put that shirt I mean yes I could tell you you know the proportions and this and that but I couldn't give you like the real kind of like gut feeling that I have when I'm helping a client or when I'm working on myself and I started this concept called style math where I did the same thing. I started breaking down these concepts like why does oversized work in certain scenarios and not in others and really being able to identify those little factors that make an outfit work. And I think fundamentally what makes an outfit work is really comfort, like being comfortable, not just like in a comfortable outfit and something that's like flowy and big, but being comfortable in your own skin. Because no matter what you're wearing, no matter how well it works, if you're not comfortable, if it's not you, that really shows. And you can just see that coming off of someone. And I think with you especially, like people are probably just fascinated because you come off so confident and comfortable in the looks that you put together. And I think that's what makes it work so well. Thank you. Um, that's really nice. Hang on. I just want to, I, I lowered it too much and I'm like sitting on my tiptoes here so we can get all of us. No I'm not sure my, um, my kids must have messed with this, but in any case, um, so that's another like funny point. And I, I'm excited that I get this like one-on-one -on -one conversation because like I say to all the experts that come on, you know, I love everybody that's listening, but I get the full attention today, you guys. You literally. So, um, it's funny because Sometimes, and this is something that like, I feel like people roll their eyes at when I say it, but I can't not say it. But sometimes when I wear something, I'm not aware that it's maybe not like a standard outfit until, <laughs> until people's like, um, until I'll, I'll see like how people are responding to it. Like just for an example, um, the, like the black puffer gown that I just wore. Yeah. So the story behind that was right before that I had a brown gown that I knew was like a big moment, but yeah. it, didn't, it didn't arrive on time. It arrived like an hour before the wedding that I was supposed to wear it. So a week before I had to wear it, um, I went to go try on this black puffer okay. dress. And at the time I wore it as a skirt, which is like really not me to wear like an A-line skirt. It's like, just not me. And when I bought it, I was telling my sisters, like, guys, don't worry if the brown gown doesn't show up. Um, I have a backup. I never wear black. So I'm like, by default, anything that's black automatically is subdued. And automatically, I think that you lose a lot of, like, the texture and, like, the craftsmanship that's in a beautiful, like, dress. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, it's black. 
it's like, it's a dress. It's not a gown. It's not even to the floor. Trust me. Like this one's going to be like a doozy. Like I'm happy to go low key. And then when I wore it, I realized that it wasn't low key. Um, and I did, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but I didn't realize it at the time. I really didn't. Like I, and my, like my nieces and my sisters were like, babe, like this is like, why would you say that? But I genuinely didn't realize. So I think to your point, I think a lot of what makes an outfit work, assuming that we're saying that that outfit worked um, with like humility, um, I think what makes an outfit work is like the laissez-faire attitude to it, where it's kind of like you're you're not overthinking it and you 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 aren't aware that it's something maybe, but but practically speaking, everybody has a different threshold. Everybody has a different like way of making the laissez-faire. So my question, all of that like story time is to ask this, which is for somebody that maybe doesn't have like an instinct or a calling to like, just say caution, like I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm just going to wear whatever I want. What kind of guidance do you give? Number one, stylistically, what do you actually tell them to be able to put pieces together themselves? And number two, what do you say like emotionally to help them feel kind of like more uninhibited with how they dress? Right. So I'll answer the second part first. Um, something that I ask in all my sessions, and it's something that I will, like, I will ask many times because a lot of times people don't have the answer. Instead of asking, like, how do you look? I ask, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel on this when we put something on? And I remember having a session and she just, she's like, I don't know. Like, but how do I look? And I'm like, no, no. How do you feel? Like, take a minute, feel into your body. How do you feel on this? Because I think that's just such a lost art this this art of intuition and being able to really feel into how you feel in your body when you're wearing something and because I think there is a real disconnect between how you want to express yourself and what people end up wearing um so I I always ask and when I'm speaking to people in dm or if I'm emailing or you know if it's post session I always tell them to ask themselves how they feel and that kind of like starts a conversation it starts something it has gets people thinking and I find that once that happens they can start kind of putting pieces together um, maybe you know not having the easiest time getting dressed yet but they're able to start like thinking about certain pieces that they have that they're wearing um, and you know how it's making them feel and then in terms of you know figuring out stylistically like what to put together I always have people kind of refer back to outfits that have made them look good in the past because that's going to be an indicator so if that means that you're wearing the same formula till you figure it out that is great like if you're able to start from that point that's a great starting point a for formula is like it's going to be your go-to when you don't want to get dressed when you're feeling really lost so kind of referring back to looks that they've felt really good in or pieces that they loved um, you know, pieces that they wear all the time because they love them, not just because it's what they have. And that is a great way to start figuring out what is the foundation of my wardrobe? Is it a really great A-line skirt? Is it an oversized blazer? Um, is it a great pair of kitten heels? And that kind of starts the process until they're ready to either work with someone or just take the time to really figure out for themselves what's working and how to start putting that together.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. Do you um, help create looks based on body type or based on palette? Like, I know that all of those things are really important to those people in those industries. Yeah. What do you have to say to that? Yes. Um, so I've definitely gotten in trouble before. Um, I think, like I've said many times before, and if you've worked with me, you know this, I think there are different tools in your toolbox. Working with a stylist is one tool. Having your palette done is another great tool. I don't think either of them are the end all be all. Um, I think it's just great to have different things. So if a client comes to me with a color palette, it's a great starting point. It's a great way for me to kind of get to know them and get to know what they're attracted to. Um, and then in terms of body type, no, I really don't focus on, you know, what's technically flattering or highlighting a small waist. I, that's out the window for me. Um, obviously, if I have a client who really does want to highlight certain features or, you know, she's older and really does want to wear more flattering pieces, I work with every client based on their needs. But when I approach things, I really do approach it as like, is this something that makes you feel good? How do you feel in this outfit? Um, you know, it's just not something I really focus on. And I try to have clients kind of come out of that little, little box and see beyond that. And, you know, I, I worked with um, one of my earlier clients is a 50 year old woman who wanted to reevaluate her style at that point in life, which I loved. I adore her. It was just so fun to work with her. And, for the for her whole life it was really about what was flattering and not necessarily so much about what she loved and what she was drawn to so i was able to take some of that because it's ingrained in her and she did want to you know work in that direction but i was really able to open her up to really feeling into what she loves and felt good in and it was just an eye open experience for her and it made getting dressed a whole different kind of ritual and it wasn't so stressful yeah i totally hear that it's um it's funny because i give a lot of credit to my instagram community for kind of like alerting me to what my like repetitions were like interestingly enough i wouldn't be able to tell you and that's why i really do want to ask you um to my original point about this being our one-on-one -on -one chat but um, I really do want to ask you, like, I don't exactly know how to, like, capsulize my personal style. And a lot of it, um, like, I think my Instagram community, because they'll be like, oh, you always wear this. And I'm like, noted, I guess I do. And I'm not aware of that because it doesn't actually take up a lot of real estate in my brain. But having said that, I almost feel like because it, it's opened up a bit of a conversation between me and my community, like, I'm, I'm open to it taking up real estate if it will like provide value and an interesting conversation. Right. It's interesting that they'll point out to you because they're, I guess they're hyper-focused on, you know, you show up a certain way and so they take note of that. So I'm, I'm just curious what people have said. What have they Well, heard? I mean, okay. Going back way before Instagram, I remember when I was like in high school, um, I only wore like olive green and a lot of olive green, like military jackets. And this is like, interesting. Okay. Quite a few, 
a long time ago. And I remember my mother telling me, Rifki, like, you need to stop wearing this, like, masculine, like, utilitarian look. Like, you're never going to find a man. Like, it's, it's like, it's not, like, a, like it's too man repeller. And I, like, I could, at the time, if you remember, like, this was maybe, like, six, 16 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, like, um, Right, biker boots were coming out and it was like considered like oh my god oh my god yeah, yes. so I was wearing like the military coats with the biker boots and then like the Lauren Conrad braid and god. my mother's like you are never gonna find a man with this look so like going back then I was still wearing that color but one thing that my community pointed out to me was that I wear um really small sunglasses low <laughs> I didn't know that um like olive green a lot of coats and a lot of layers the layers i could have told you about right. but it was like it was interesting for me to like learn from them through their lens and i don't think that it's that necessarily that they're hyper focused but there's a certain like comfort zone you get when you know what you're going to expect based on like when you click into someone's feed so yeah i'm definitely curious to hear because i don't necessarily see a continuity between the things that i wear i really don't but you might you might feel differently and i'm really curious to hear what your thoughts on that are so there definitely are a few things. Um, a lot of texture. Wait, sorry, I want to interject. Like on the reverse, I definitely can say what your style is. Like I definitely can say like your style, I can, I can like, you know, like um, structured blazers with like soft flowy shirts underneath, some kind of denim element with a ladylike shoe, a look like edgy earrings with a feminine bow, like. Yeah. Yeah. You have a signature look. I, I couldn't say that about myself. And that's not because it's like done thoughtlessly, but it's just not done obsessively. So help me out here. So, so for me, I think, A, because it's my industry, Yeah. I find that I, like, I kind of need to ground myself in what I'm wearing and just always have something to go back to. When I'm working with clients, I want to always feel good. I want to always look put together. So for me, I definitely have a formula. And you hit it right on the nose. I love very classic um, traditional shapes and maybe more interesting textures. I like very feminine pieces mixed with masculine. So for me, that's a way to ground myself. Um, I think for you, it's more of like a creative expression, even though... It is for me as well, but it's not so much like your safe space. It's more of like a way to really express yourself. Whereas mm -hmm. maybe like home design is more of like your safe comfort space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely makes sense. I have to like sit with it because I'm not sure how much like I agree. I think it's all creative expression. But I think what was interesting was that when my friends like came into my house when it was um, completed originally, um, like, I would say that 96% of my social group are all really, like, like safe, standard dressers. Yep. So, and um, when they came to my house for the first time, they were also shocked by how much they liked it. Because I think what they're used to seeing with me, and this goes back since I was a little, little baby girl, um, is me wearing things that maybe they, like, 
will enjoy looking at, but that they, they really don't like, or that they would never wear, or like, cool on Rifki, but I wouldn't, you know? So that was like, I'm so used to that for my entire social life. So when they came to my house and they actually liked it, I think they were surprised. And I think that it, it was a lesson for all of us where I was kind of like, no, like, you have to respect the craft. Meaning like, when it comes to design, we're not gonna be completely ridiculous because, um, how do we want to feel in the space? Like you said, and it's funny that you said that because last um, Kale and My Teeth episode, I had Kate Aaron of Wit and Delight. Yeah. And we were talking about one of the fundamentals of interior design is asking yourself, how do you want to feel in the space? So like, there you, you know, right? Yep. So for like example, my office, which is tiny, I knew I needed like an oasis, which is like, um, you know, not based around like trends and just super feminine to like balance out like a lot of what I'm doing, which is like masculine, which is the hustle that goes on in my office. Oh, yeah. So, so um, I think they were surprised at that. I was like, no, like you have to understand like restraint is one of the most important parts when it comes to fashion and interior design. And you guys don't see me doing that because that is what restraint looks like for me in fashion. <laughs> I, I want to think about this. I'm yeah. I'm now genuinely curious about what you just said about you know the restraint aspect, but also how the office kind of had to juxtapose everything that you were doing in it. And I'm thinking about the way I dress and everything I do, kind of in my work. I'm you know running around and I'm meeting so many different people, so many different styles. And I, my style is that grounding space for me, it's something I can just feel really safe in and just know it works every time. It makes me feel a certain way. Um, and so that's kind of why I said before, like your style is a lot more expressive, but not that everything else isn't expressive. It's just that this is really where you can just like completely let go and have a lot of fun with it in those different aspects like events and just the way you layer up pieces. Um, but what I notice is definitely that matches your interiors is just a lot of texture. Um, and I think a lot of the mixing and matching, like you're, but everything stays, like there's always a cohesive line. So even mm -hmm. if you're doing something super um, extravagant or, you know, what people might think is like extreme, like I know to you, there's like, a start and an end point that all ties together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with that whole concept, especially when it comes to design, because, you know, when people will hear like a room scheme, they'll be like, whoa, what? And I'm like, no, like, let it play out. And you'll see that it's actually the eye is only resting on one spot. It's only resting on one spot. And I'm curious to your point of like how you said you don't necessarily dress for flattering because I can obviously only speak to myself. Um, and for myself, but I'm five, three, um, I'm pretty petite. And so one of the, like my most frequently asked questions is like, you, you know, why are you hiding your body? They think I'm hiding it. It's, there's no hiding it. It's just, it's not my biggest priority. So my question is, what do you, do you think it takes for somebody to be able to wear a piece that's super oversized? and have the piece not wear them, and instead they're wearing the piece. Because I feel like I can wear stuff where I'm completely almost like hidden, and yet I don't feel lost. So what is that? Okay, so I, I wanna bring up something that you wore, 
that I'm thinking was very oversized and also didn't have what I would normally think, like you said, like almost like you're totally covered. Um, that denim dress, that gown that you wore. So that was definitely like huge sleeves, big bottom, very, it was maxi. You didn't see any of the foot, it was the long sleeves, but you did have your hair pulled back. And that kind of gave the feeling of like skin, which is what I call the different elements that you need when you are wearing oversized. Like if I'm wearing something really oversized, either I'm wearing it with, um, you know, a midi skirt and some of my foot is showing or like a very slim shoe or my hair is pulled back. There's always that element of something slim to kind of balance it out. And I think it, that kind of like means different for everyone based on their style. So for mm -hmm. you, you can definitely carry these bigger looks. I think just because of how comfortable you are in it and because of what it means to you. And then you'll have your hair pulled back so that you feel like you can breathe. And like, there is some of that like skin aspect, like your face is very present and your hair was pulled back. And I think that's part of it. Um, but again, confidence, like people always ask me how I wear such oversized blazers all the time. And they're like, we try it and it just doesn't work. And I really like, sometimes I just don't have an answer because I, I just do like, I don't really think about it. Like I just wear it. And yeah. So you touched on something that I want to have a follow-up question, which is um, one of the elements to wearing oversized. So of course there are no rules when it comes to fashion, but I'd be curious to hear what are your elements when it comes to different silhouettes that you suggest when you're working with a client? So whether that's oversized, maxi, mini, midi, short sleeve, long sleeve, structured, billowy, feminine, masculine, like what are some kind of like formulas that you've created? So for me, balance is going to always be key. So I think the key to a really good look is having that balance and having that kind of that tension, that ju juxtaposition, it keeps it interesting. So if I'm wearing like a really short skirt, I'm not going to wear, um, you know, a really slim sandal and a really tight shirt. I'm going to probably wear it with a tall boot, um, a looser top, an oversized blazer, not because I'm hiding my body, but because I want to be some sort of interest, some sort of balance. If I'm wearing like a short skirt and I'm wearing a shoe like a loafer, I'll put a sock because it kind of like creates the illusion of more coverage and also just like that interest. And I think that's very important. So even, you know, maxi skirts are super, super in now. Um, but I think remembering that balance. So if you're wearing like a tailored long pencil skirt that's really in now, I wouldn't necessarily pair it with like a button down tucked in because then it's kind of the same. There isn't really balance. I would pair it with something a little bit more, um, you know, edgy or something even a bit more feminine and something unexpected on your shoe. And that balance kind of keeps you from going like that's just an outfit to being like a style and a look that works for you. Yeah, well, well said. It's making me think of something that I wore last week, which was a long denim skirt, which we've all had in our closets since high school, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, a long denim skirt with like a really big silk shirt with like um with like a undone bow um and then also like my hair pulled back and then like really slim pointy kitten heel boots i love that and it was so it was so fun to be like you know where i went out and everyone's like we love your skirt i'm like i'm not trying to be like a copenhagen fashion influencer like i've had this skirt for so long you really it's a, good feeling, you know? it's a skirt you've had 
in your closet for years? Yeah, it's like, like literally the skirt that I've had maybe since grade 10. Oh my God, I burned all my denim maxi skirts. I never thought I'd see the day ever, ever. It, I know, it's so funny because um, my husband's always, I'm always purging my closet. Like I'm not a hoarder in any sense of the word. And there's just like this one skirt that went went with me from city to city, apartment, apartment to house to house. And, like, I and I mean realistically I would love like I would love a denim maxi skirt paired with like a really small almost like cropped white um like tiny little baby doll t-shirt yeah and, like almost like a like a, <laughs> a linen shirt thrown on or something yeah. but like I'm not gonna wear it like that so yes um okay so let's talk a little bit <laughs> excuse me about what goes on when you are closet editing for somebody so closet editing usually happens like while we're working, while we're styling. Um, I don't usually do it on its own because it kind of all happens together. And I feel like the best way to do it is when you're extremely present and you have a goal in mind. That's why they're the most successful when I'm already styling someone um, because we have a very clear goal. So whatever that goal is that we decide before we start working together whether they need you know new office looks or they just want to create a capsule wardrobe whatever that is um when we have a goal in mind it just makes it a much better process because otherwise what i've found and people have come to me panicking that they have no clothes they like they end up editing their closet in a state of panic and in a state of like frustration so they end up just like getting rid of everything, not really being open to new ideas, new ways to wear things. Um, and then they're left with, you know, a handful of things and they're panicking because they have nothing to wear. Um, so the way I do it is making sure my clients really have a clear goal in mind. And from there, we can look at those pieces and refer back to the goal. And if it's something that really doesn't work, we get rid of it, which is totally euphoric. It's a great high, you know, like if I want to buy something new, purging is the same, the same high. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's just a great way to get clarity in your wardrobe. Um, so we usually have like the automatic no pile, which is pieces that, you know, they just really know they'll never wear again. Automatic guesses, pieces they love, we're going to incorporate into new looks. And then there's usually like a pile of I don't knows, pieces that they thought they would love, they never wore or pieces that they just could never figure out. And then from there, we kind of reincorporate using either, you know, new pieces that they need or the pieces. I usually like to pair back the I don't knows with pieces they wear all the time. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can kind of see like, does this actually fit in your wardrobe or not? Because usually if you can't pair it back to something you wear all the time, like one of your go-tos, then it usually means it doesn't really have a place because it's just not, it's just not cohesive. It's not blending well with what you have. And it might have been an impulse purchase or just something you thought you wanted. Yeah, that's true. So like, obviously, everybody has a different sense of style. But are there any like, timeless, um, like wardrobe staples that you think every woman would benefit from owning? I th think really a great pair of shoes whether those are like flats or loafers, but like a nice flat shoe. Um, I think people really don't 
take the time to like invest in shoes and they buy a lot of like shoes from places fast fashion places but like a solid shoe just makes an outfit look that much better so i always tell my clients like you don't need 10 new pairs invest in like two really great pairs it'll change everything you have and just make it look better um a really great pair of shoes i think a really nice jacket a nice layer on top a trench coat is just timeless it's perfect whether it's a softer material more structured you can find one that works for you i think that's really a must in a closet um i think a really great dress a dress that can be you know paired with different things worn up worn dressy worn casual that just makes you feel awesome like that's a must in a wardrobe um what did i say so far shoes trench a dress um i think a jacket, whether that's a blazer or like a nice collarless jacket is really a must because it's such a great tool to use to dress up something basic. Um, and then I think accessories are really underrated. Yeah, Really nice jewelry, like a few staple pieces and a nice bag. I think people really underestimate the power of accessories and how it can finish a look and how it can really transform your wardrobe. Yes. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I don't know if she's still on, but Noah Jewelry Line, this is, earring is from you, so thank you. I love is it. Is that a chain? Um, oh, no, no, it's a chain. It's just a chain, yeah. Um, you froze there? It, are you still yeah, there? Yeah. Um, okay, amazing. Um, yeah, so it's funny because I don't remember who it was. I'm going to actually find it and link it in my stories, but... There was a brand that asked me to write down my wardrobe staples. And like I said, like it was an exercise for me to kind of figure out like, well, what do I go to time and time and time again? And I think it's those things for sure. Probably I would add, I, I love a silk shirt. I think like a silk shirt and a plaid shirt, like for me, even more than a white shirt, it, like they just say so much. Um, and I love like a, a really good pair of sneakers. I think that for me, like I'll gravitate towards sneakers even more than I will a flat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but what yeah, about, I, I, what about what? a hat? I feel like you wear yes. hats. I love hats. Um, but I also like, I think people would be surprised. And I, this is something that people really roll their eyes at when I see this. So just guys deal with it. Cause I'm not going to stop saying it cause it's the truth. I really don't have a lot of clothes. And I really don't like, I wear the same few things again and again and again and again. And like, uh, like unabashedly, like I don't care. And to be honest, most of what I wear is my husband's with um, like uh, a cute skirt and shoes. Like most of my tops, this sweater's my husband's, everything that I wear. And I, I don't always want to say to my stories because I feel like it's kind of creepy. Like, okay, relax with the husband. If, but if you have you know, it, why not? Yeah. I, I'll, I, I, by the way, it's becoming like a thing, like I'll come home from work and like, you'll like, I'll take off my coat, I'll take off of, um, his coat, he's like, again, get your own clothes, lay off my stuff, you know, but it's true, like, that's really what I rely on, and, um, and I'm happy about it, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't wear a lot of stuff, I'll wear the same things again, and I get, as every woman does, completely, like, hyper fixation on certain stuff, like, I bought two blazers at the beginning of this year that I thought were just going to be whatever. And like a baby with a blankie, uh, there is no outfit that's complete without them. And I wouldn't have even like 
understood that when I bought them, but conversations like this and also like my community asking me questions like, you know, um, where'd you get that blazer? Or are you wearing that blazer again? Forces me to like almost like focus and notice like I'm really wearing this blazer a lot. This is awesome. Noted for next year. Do not need to buy this again, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I think, first of all, that's great. Like, that's so awesome that, you know, people will ask you, oh, you're wearing it again. And you could be like, yes, I love it. I should wear it again. I should wear it all the time. And I mean, I also, people are always like, think I'm actually making this up, but I do not shop a lot. I also do not have a lot of clothing. And the things that I do wear, I wear all the time. I will wear the same outfit three days in a row. If it works, it works. No shame. I mean, if it's great, like if it ain't broke, like why, why would we have to come up with new looks? Like, absolutely not. Um, but I think for the longest time, there was this like horror at people outfit repeating and like, you don't outfit repeat, you buy a ton of clothes all the time. And like, look where it's gotten us. You're still, people are still stuck and stumped and don't know what to wear. And there's something to be said for having pieces that you really love and that you're wearing all the time and that you feel good every single day. Yeah, I, I was talking about this. This was like um, one of my like mission statements almost like two years ago, where everybody's always asking, you know, how to focus on branding and marketing and PR and how to make a signature brand and how to be known for something. And I'm like, you guys, it's really just distilled into something so simple. Keep doing the exact same thing. And suddenly, because, you know, it's the age of social media, that becomes your signature brand. Whereas a few years ago, it was like, oh my gosh, this is awkward. I only have one lipstick. <laughs> no, it's my intentional signature, baby. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's whatever you make it. So I actually think that it's way classier and way cooler to wear the same stuff all the okay. time. And if you're oh, yeah. feeling insecure about that, you can just call it your brand. Okay. <laughs> or just DM us and we'll knock some sense into you. And <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's really not a big deal. But okay, help me figure this one out. Okay. How do you explain somebody like me who loves fashion like loves it but hates shopping I know I'm not alone in that I think shopping is just tedious and overwhelming and you're busy you have busy life and I, let me think about it for a second I but when I like, okay, and this, I had on Dr. Jennifer Freed, who's a psychologist astrologer a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, check out that episode if you're interested in anything like that. I thought she was phenomenal. Love that. And um, I was telling her, I'm like, listen, like I really value efficiency and she like cut me off. And what I really loved about the episode was like she kept calling me out and she like cuts me off and she's like, the issue with your age is that you're obsessed with efficiency. Like you've lost all soul because like you overvalue efficiency. And I'm like, you're hundred percent right. But like, I can't stop myself because if I do, I'm so scatterbrained that I'll like, I'll really just be sitting at my desk and not even be aware of time passing and getting nothing done. Anyway, to that end, like, because I'm so interested in being efficient and intolerant or as she said overly rigid um to indecisiveness like what if you know a lot of like you know girl time will be shopping or you know looking for something for an event for me if i have a need aka an event that i need something for i need to go alone so that i'm not weighed down by someone else's schedule and time mm. and opinion and i need to 
have a task and accomplish it. That's it. It's really simple. So like, or really could be like a nice leisurely shopping. It's like, no, if I have an event, I need to be in and out and I will not come home empty handed. So like, I think that's where it stems for me for sure. Do you like window shopping? Like just for the experience to feel, to touch, to see? No, nah, okay. I, nah, no. I mean, I'd sooner like window shop in an art, like art, art window shopping because I feel like that is just like so inspiring or window shop on my phone scrolling through amazing people making edible cakes that look like Nespresso's but like if we're not buying just take me home honey like right I so I guess that is that part of you that's just like very hyper focused on like what you need to get done and so if there is nothing to get done it's just not enjoyable listen, maybe that's part of it listen I love material so like if we're going to be going window shopping and there's all of these beautiful things either we're going to be getting it which is great or just take me home like I don't need to be busy with this okay like I'm done you know but at the same time I'm also very anti-consumerism which like I don't want to contribute to um like overconsumption of things that we don't need and just like um to wear fast fashion like I, I'm not about that so it's interesting because my community is always saying post more links and I just feel like am I adding value to the social media space by posting more links I'm not sure I'm really not sure guys if you feel like I should be posting more links tell me why tell me what I can yeah. do to add to your feed but I would love to know because I know you're really interested in vintage shop um shopping um where do you go for that what do you look for how to figure out if something's really made from good quality or etc so Sorry, I just got like hyper focused on what you said about links. And I was in my head thinking like, oh, God, like, I just can't. So um, I'm just gonna have you repeat that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, I know you love oh, yeah. shopping. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how you figure out like, what's like a worth worthy um, purchase and where to go and how to figure out like what's in your neighborhood. Okay, so Google is gonna be your best friend when it comes to finding spots. I love so my favorite thing is walking around the city and just stumbling upon little vintage shops and thrift shops and treasures. Um, I also hate waste. I hate the overconsumption of fast fashion. Um, it's just mind boggling to me. I'm in so many closets and, you know, but back to vintage, I really like you like to have something in mind whether it's um, a certain style I wanna be trying and I can't necessarily get the designer version, I love to find it in the vintage version because A, it's more exciting to me. There's a story there. I love pieces with a story. I love that it's just, it's had its wear and I get to revive it and wear it in a way. Um, and I think things just aren't made the way they were 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago. They just weren't and they just aren't and those pieces are some of them are magical and to me that's like how you feel about scrolling it you know seeing art um i feel that way about like making my way through this tiny little crowded vintage shop and like digging under a pile and picking up like a pair of vintage gloves um and i was upstate with, by a friend who's uh living in ithaca and she took me to this tiny little hole in the wall and i was just like googly eyed i just like walked around i found this skirt from the 50s this taffeta skirt that i saw an influencer wearing from i believe it was prada 
And I loved the skirt because I just loved that it had this like vintage feel. And I found the actual vintage version of it. And it just made me so happy because I feel like so many people think that fashion is inaccessible. And I mean, that's a lot of the industry. It, that's their goal and that's their doing. But there's really so many other ways to approach style and approach fashion in a way that works for you. And for me, that was thrifting and vintage because I remember in high school just being obsessed with fashion and having Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, InStyle, all these magazines at home and not necessarily being able to get the pieces that I want. And I would go to a local thrift shop called Beacon's Closet and I would just hunt through and I, had, I have a lot of patience. I mean, I definitely did then more than I do now. Um, but I, I love to feel and I really like to see materials and quality and fabrics. So at this point, when I go into a vintage shop, I know just from like visual, either like looking at a rack or just running my hands through, I can see what I'm looking through. I, I don't, I like to stick to natural fabrics, um, natural materials, sorry. So like cottons, silks, not no like polyester, um, unless it's a really great piece, I might make an exception. But I look just for high quality materials and fabrics. Um, and just, I guess, more current cuts. And um, I look out for different brands. So I know the brands that I do like. So when I'm in a thrift store, I'll, you know, keep an eye out. And I really try to be mindful and have a list. So I am going into the store with a goal. Um, it's usually not so hyper-focused because I like to go all the time. I go like every week or every two weeks, as often as possible as I can. And I have like a running list of things that I'm always looking for. So like a really nice pair of, you know, vintage booties or um, a really nice jacket. Jackets are some of my favorite items to get at thrift and vintage, vintage shops. So just knowing for yourself those pieces that you're looking for and knowing for yourself um, the types of uh, materials that you like, the colors that you like, so that you're able to go in with some sort of focus. Yeah, yeah true. And I think that like with the advent of like antique shopping, vintage shopping, thrift shopping, what's happened is, and I'm so happy about this, but like I feel like the fashion and interior design world has pulled away from like, um, oh, okay, yeah. But um, I feel like we've moved away from like a lot of uh, perfectionism. For example, one of my most frequently asked questions is, is my marble sealed? And it really should be. It was something that I was planning on doing. It just never got around to. But like, I really don't care. Because I think what's opened up my mind is a lot of this like antique shopping where we're finding beauty in, in the nicks and we're finding beauty in the wear and tear. And it's allowed, I think, like um, the, the consumers at large to like move away from perfectionism, going back to like my hatred of shopping. It's not about me finding the most perfect dress. It's about finding a dress and then turning it into something that I would wear that feels like me, that looks like me through the accessories, through the shoes, through the jackets and vests that I'm putting on top. So like, I think that a lot of that is, is due to like eliminating perfectionism and just like feeling creative and fixing it, changing it, making it your own. Yeah, I think there's also a lot of, um, like you said, opening your mind. So being able to see beyond you know, having the exact piece that you're seeing in stores or you're seeing other people wearing and finding a piece that 
not mimics it, but that, you know, works for you. And that has like the similar qualities, but feels more unique. And I think that's so much better. Um, I would say that probably 90% of my closet is thrifted or vintage. And yeah, I, I really, I mean, I feel like at this point in my life and up until now, I have the time and the ability to go to vintage shops and to spend my time looking. Um, but I, I've really cultivated a wardrobe that just feels a little bit more special. And I love that. I love that, you know, I can wear pieces that just feel interesting and that, you know, it's like a, a men's suit blazer that I found yeah. in the corner of the shop. And now I wear it with like a really beautiful dress ten event. And people are like, wow, where'd you get that blazer? And it's like a $10 blazer from Goodwill. I love that. That's really cool. No, and it, it feels unique and it feels special to you. So I want to start closing out with the next couple questions. Number one, um, who is inspiring you um, from a fashion standpoint these days? So for the past like two or three years, um, Amy Smolovic, she's the creative director and founder of Tibby. Yes. She's a role model for me. I absolutely adore her. Um, she inspired me to start Style Math because she was doing her own version of that, articulating the creative pragmatist. If you don't know what that is, you can go to her page. So I just, I love that she made it so bite-sized and accessible. And I really just felt like that was the direction that fashion needed to go. And she's a huge role model for me. Um, I love... Alison Bornstein, she's a stylist. She, we share a lot of the same ethos and I love following her. Um, who else? I love, love Athena Calderon. She's great. Yeah. Um, I'm going blank, but. Yeah, I mean, those are three rock solid. Yeah. Um, just incredible. I'm, I'm loving, I have been loving for a really long time. It's funny because I only recently became like acquainted with like the fashion influencers. I guess like I, I almost same with interior design. Like I never want to become like um, flooded with inspiration. Um, but I always love Emily Sinlib and Leonie Han. Um, yeah, so so amazing and creative and just like just off the beaten path. Um, so my last question would be. Um, this is something that I think that everybody loves to kind of like discard and like almost um, holier than thouify um, trends. Like I'm not, you know, trend, I'm trend adverse, I'm trend averse, I'm, you know, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But one thing that I almost want to like open up people's minds to is that there is um, a benefit to trends and benefiting from trends within reason. For example, like just bringing in the interior design element, um, whereas like an element like scallops is um, trendy in the design world, what, where I utilized scallops was in a room that was hyper-masculine and I wanted to bring in something that was very playful and young and spoke to the fact that we're a young family. So yeah. um, I think that there are ways to like utilize it, make it your own and, and not completely discard it. And almost like from like a somatic standpoint, like go inwards and ask yourself like, would I like this trend if it wasn't a trend and I'm just able to benefit from the fact that we live in an age where we're able to share such beautiful pictures? I mean, a few years ago before social media, I had to be a real design aficionado to get just so deep into the design grades and see what they were making, right? So like, right? So like, 
now it's kind of like, okay, like maybe I can benefit from that and ask myself, like, how would I feel if I came up with this idea myself or if I came across it randomly? So my opinion on trends is I don't spend a lot of time observing, reviewing, studying, and cataloging what they are. Having said that, we'd be completely ridiculous not to admit the like insidiousness and how we're affected by trends through osmosis. It's what we're seeing. I mean, even the blazers you're thrifting from 40 years ago are still influenced by the structures of fashion of today, right? So I'm curious, your opinion on trends after I gave my very impassioned opinion, and also where you use them, what trends timeless and what of today's trends do you wish were just like no longer in existence so i think that the problem with trends is that like you said we're kind of flooded and by them through social media and they're constantly changing and it's really hard to keep up but i do think trends keep things interesting because you do want to feel up to date I mean, if I thrift a dress from the 50s, I'm not going to wear it like they wore it in the 50s. I'm going to want to make it interesting and modern and change it up and add my own personal touches, my style. So I think if you're able to really tune in, like you said, and kind of feel into what styles and trends you're into, they could be a great tool to kind of update your current wardrobe or update pieces that you've had for a while. Those are your tools because... I mean, think about it. If you have, you know, a capsule wardrobe and you don't really like to shop a lot and you want to have those pieces that feel like you, it's going to get stale if you're not updated somehow. So maybe it's by adding um, a new bag that feels a little more update, a little bit more modern, a trend that works for you. Or if you love leopard um, and leopard's really in now or whatever it is, you can start implementing it in small ways to kind of just update your wardrobe feel fresh and feel modern so i i don't i don't demonize trends at all um i'm definitely someone who isn't so on the ball i don't really you know try to keep up because again i i know my style and but i but i am definitely interested and i like to see and i like to be aware um so that you know if i'm working with a client who will benefit from a certain style that's in now or trend that's in now i can alert them to different pieces they can incorporate you know if they look great in denim maxi skirts like now's a great time for you and you can the goal really is to infuse trends into your personal style so not to be completely head to toe in a trend that you're chasing after but utilizing it to modernize and to update what you already have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, last question would be, what are some trends that you think have longevity and what are some trends that you wish would just like disappear right now? Um, I absolutely hate um, chunky sneakers. And I yeah. think like chunky dad sneakers. I just, I don't understand it. Um, those have to go. Um, I'm really not into like the parachute skirts and styles that I wore when I was in like fifth grade. I just, it's PTSD. So no. Um, like the yeah. skirts? I, I just can't. Um, and then I'm also just having flashbacks when I see people wearing the bump. You know what I'm talking about? Seems to be coming back in.
yeah. That's just a no. But I think trends that are here to stay is definitely like sharp tailoring. Um, oversized blazers, I think they're here to stay. I think they just, there's an element to them that helps relax the look. Um, what else? I think florals, they seem to just always come back in rotation and they seem to be fresh every time. Those are some of my, those are the ones that I'm happy for them to stick around. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because you mentioned the bump and what was going through my, the hair bump. Um, but what was going through my head was, I think a lot of times when trends do come back in, they come back in ironically, meaning when, let's use that as an example, when everyone was wearing their hair like this, you weren't necessarily the most fashion forward person on earth. It was just the style that everyone wore their hair as. Yeah. Versus now you're going to find somebody wearing that or finding someone wear butter butterfly clips or like the choker necklaces. They're going to probably be some kind of like in the fashion world with a low slung, you know, maxi skirt and a really tiny wife beater. Like that's almost how people are wearing it now as opposed to the, the trend recurrence coming mainstream. Do you agree with that? I think maybe in the beginning, but then it eventually trickles down where it's just mass and it's not right. so ironic anymore right 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 no because i'm just thinking of like a lot of the like 90s fashion that's come back which are like let's say like the like the speed sunglasses and like the you know like the hair with the little pieces and all of the like bat mitzvah chic stuff oh yeah um that's been around i would say for like three years and it hasn't really trickled down in the way that you would have expected it to i guess well in different ways it has okay it just look as chic as the people who you know started it i hear that so it's just not so noticeable because it's not something you are looking at and thinking like that looks great um i think when ever, i like i follow some people who are just very ironic in their style and, and can really wear anything because they just do it with this like sense of ease um and when i see that of course i'm i'm usually very attracted to it and drawn to it because of but it's usually because of the person. So a lot of these trends that I'm just horrified by, it's because once it's reached like this mass consumption and people don't even know why they're doing it, they're just doing it because it's a trend. That's when I'm, I completely like check out. I'm ready to see it leave. Yeah, I hear that. I don't know what my answer to this question would be. I have to think about it. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much going there's on. There's so much, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. You brought so much information, value, and entertainment to Kayla and my teeth. Thank you for having me. This was such a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. And for anybody who's watching now or listening later, please tell us where we can find you and what your offerings are. So you can find me on Instagram as Mussy Epstein. You can find me on TikTok as Mussy Epstein. And God willing, this year I will have a website that you will be able to go on and book my services. Um, right now I offer one-to-one -one personal styling and I also do, um, editorial work for brands. Yes, you, you do. I do. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on. And guys, of course, you know where to find both of us. If you have any feedback, comments, or questions, have a good yeah, one. Have a good night. Good night.